OR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete, here's Sal Licata. Final day of April, and it's been a pretty good one for both New York baseball teams. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710 is the number to call. Taking on 9 o'clock here in the Sports Zone. We'll have two pairs of Mets tickets to give away. One on the 7 o'clock hour, one on the 8 o'clock hour. And we got plenty of baseball to get to. I mean, if you want to talk about the Jets and Giants, so be it. Uh, I think the point has been already hit home. Uh, both teams happy with what they got. Giants get Saquon Barkley. I think it's a mistake to take a running back that early. We will find out. Not tomorrow, not this season, three, four, five years down the road. Jets get the quarterback that they wanted. Sam Darnold falls into their lap. Again, I would have picked Josh Rosen, but what do I know? Let's see how it works out. I don't think the draft is something that can be analyzed. You want to talk about it before for several months? Fine. You want to talk about it after they make their picks? Fine. Today, I'm not talking about the draft. Nobody knows anything about any of these players. You got the players. Now it's going to be years before we see them develop, if at all. So I'll worry about it in season when we start to see some of these guys take the field. I'm not going to sit here and grade the, the draft. I mean, I think that's idiotic, to be honest with you. Um, let's see. The Jets, they took a guy I never heard of in the third round, and I'm going to give them a B-plus because it's a position in need for this team. Come on. Get out of here. Nobody knows what they're talking about. Sickening. So we're going to do baseball on this show and a lot of it. I do want to do some hoops on LeBron James, uh, what he did yesterday in Game 7 and really in that series overall against the Pacers, nothing short of a miracle. Uh, we'll do that in the 8 o'clock hour. But it is baseball, and I mentioned the last day of April. Now the Yanks have a game tonight in Houston. They have been red hot. Nine straight victories for the Bombers. Sonny Gray, Charlie Morton tonight, 8 o'clock in Houston. Rematch of the ALCS. We'll do a little bit of that 635 with Mike Mazio of the Daily News, the beat writer for the Yankees. And look, they've been terrific. I mean... Uh, it was certainly over the last nine, but now it's a different level of competition taking on the Astros, and I think that's where you'll be able to judge this Yankee team against good pitching, not just this particular four-game series, but overall, how they're going to hit against top-quality pitching. You're going to see that, at least for the most part, over these four games when they take on the Astros, so that'll be a fun series we'll get more into as the show goes on. Mets, April is closed with the off day today. That's why I am on. They go into the clubhouse in the first month of the season, 17-9. and I don't think you could have asked much more than that when you step back and look at it, you know, before the season, going into the season. Now, certainly after they, you know, got out to the, what, 11-1, and 12-2 and start, you maybe wanted more. I mean, maybe you were dreaming of 20-5, and five, uh, you know, along the way, as uh, I might have been. Uh, but that's not the reality. The reality is ups and downs are going to come, and they have come for the Mets, although they're coming off a positive weekend where they salvaged the road trip they win a series in San Diego, and look, you have to beat the Padres. I mean, the Padres are not a very good team, so you lose a tough series in St. Louis, tough rain-shortened series in Atlanta, rebound and go win a series against the Padres, a team you should beat outside of Jason Vargas, really picking up where he left off with the Mets anyway on Saturday. It was a good series for them in San Diego. Off day, little rest, return home, take on the Braves, and what should be somewhat of an important series, top two teams in the National League East. Who would have thought that? coming into the season. I mean, even if you're like like me and pick the Mets to win the division, you would not think the Braves necessarily would be number two in that division. Nationals are struggling. They're not even at 500. Mets, Braves, and Phils right now, the top three in that division. So Mets uh, get to get retribution on the Bravos when they come to City Field tomorrow. Six-game homestand. You get the Braves and the Rockies coming in. And for the Mets, now they set their rotation the way that you'd want to have it set. 
Syndergaard, DeGrom. Vargas is going to be the number three. I mean, and look, you, you think, and I joke around saying he picked up where he left off with the Mets because that's what we remember him doing in a Met uniform. And I never loved Vargas. I never loved the acquisition of Vargas. But I would think that he'd at least be somewhat competent and consistent to give you five, six innings every fifth day and put the team in a chance to win. He will be their third starter because even what you saw on Saturday night, still better than Wheeler and Mats. Wheeler then follows, and Stephen Matz is being pushed back because of some back tightness or stiffness, whatever it may be. You hope that he's okay, but even when he's been okay, he's been awful. And we talked to Mickey Calloway on Friday, Pete and I did, and I basically told him, look, I mean, you know, we all assume one of the three would step up, and that's what's got to happen, Harvey, Wheeler, or Matz. We know it's not Harvey at this point, as he's still adapting to his new role out of the bullpen. Wheeler, I thought, was good yesterday, and I say that because... If you watch the game, the first inning, struggling throughout, 30 pitches, you never thought he was going to get out of there. And finally he did. And to leave the ball game, five innings, two runs, with the lead, Mets in a position to win the ball game before they finally blew it out, I think you'd take that every fifth day out of Zach Wheeler. I think you have to lower the expectations for what you had hoped Zach Wheeler may eventually be one day. He's not. You'd take right now... Zach Wheeler being in the majors, being the fourth, fifth starter on your ball club, giving you five, maybe six innings, consistent work. He's going to walk a ton of guys, going to throw a ton of pitches in those five, six innings, but you hope he can limit the damage and keep you in a ball game. I think you might be able to get that if you just lower your expectations. Not going to ever be a top-of-the-rotation guy. Forget about trying to look for that dominance. You're going to hope that he could be a consistent back-end guy, and I think he will. I still believe Matt's is the only chance to be that third guy. And you're hanging on by a thread of hope with that at this point. But I still think that's your best-case scenario. Harvey, we all know, is a lost cause. I mean, he comes in the game the other night, first pitch, giving up a home run, or first to bat, he's giving up a home run. Harvey is just, he, he's lost. I don't care what the reports say today. I guess the Daily News, Christy Ackert, uh, spoke with Dave Island saying Harvey is quote, seen the light. Oh, yeah. What light is that? Look, if I'm Matt Harvey, and let's use the baseball career term, Obviously, this is not life and death here, but as far as seeing the light at the end of the tunnel or, or seeing a light, run run the other way. If I'm Matt Harvey, I'm running the other way from any light because his baseball career is almost over. Seeing the light. I'm not buying it. And Callaway could come on here and defend him like he did on Friday uh, You know, for not talking with the media. That's fine. But Matt Harvey has been a repeated offender of acting like a jerk and now in recent years not pitching anywhere near what you had hoped you'd get from him. It's over for Matt Harvey. We know, we've known. Even I, who have been late to the party, the whole rap song, we don't need to go into that again. But it, we, we knew coming into the year it was over for Matt. They could hold out hope all they want. Matt could try to resurrect his career, and he could see the light. It's not happening. It's not happening here. And I doubt, I'd bet anything, it's not happening anywhere else either. But you hope that maybe he could become a useful piece, because if not, Mets may need to figure something else out. Let's say Mats isn't healthy or Mats can't be effective. Then they need to maybe move Seth Lugo. And then you need to add another arm to the bullpen. So there's a, Mets need a, Mets have a lot of work to do here. Been a good month, 17-9, first place. Can't argue that. A lot of work to do to improve this ball club. You could talk about the bullpen and the ineffectiveness of certain guys or the inconsistency of certain guys. Now, guys like Gazelman, Lugo, uh, you could throw in Seawald, have been terrific. I think Familia's been fine. He is what he is. 
Ramos, same thing. I mean, he's going to blow some games. He's going to drive you nuts with walking the ballpark. Is what he is. Blevins got to be better. And the Mets try to bring in some lefties now, you know, with the trade with the Padres. Maybe he's a lefty arm eventually. That could happen. That could come up from the minors and maybe get somebody out uh, from the left side. But they need to make a couple of moves. Catching, you worry about that. Yeah, that was an issue coming in in the year. I'd be concerned about Michael Conforto. Um, now, maybe that's me being, you know, overly um, paranoid or worried or, you know, trying to, you know, look, I know he's gotten on base. 20 straight games or whatever, every game he's been in 20. I don't care. Michael Conforto has to hit. And when you throw in the potential cesspitous injury, now you could potentially have a problem. We will try to keep you updated if we hear anything from the Mets or from any reporters regarding cesspitous who slid into third base yesterday after a nice day of aggressive base running for the Mets. Kind of jammed his thumb, or not really jammed his thumb, maybe separated his thumb a little bit. They had a, uh, they took an x-ray yesterday, nothing was broken. But we all know the x-rays mean nothing. Just get to the MRI. With any test, that is. Forget anything else, just do the MRI and let's find out what's going on. Cespedes himself seems to think it's only going to be a few days. He's dealt with this before. I'd be a little worried with those thumb injuries. You hope the MRI comes back clean, and it is just a few days, maybe a week, and then you get him back and going. But if he has any significant injury that will cause him to miss some time, you know, lengthy time. That's going to be a problem for this team, especially with Michael Conforto going the way that he is. The team we talked about all along, it was built on starting pitching, keeping the starters healthy, and keeping Conforto, Cespedes healthy in that lineup together. Well, the Mets have had that. They've had their starters healthy. They've had Conforto and Cespedes healthy. The problem is they haven't performed up to their capabilities, up to their expectations. Cespedes has been clutch, but outside of that, he's striking out way too much. Conforto getting on base, but he's not hitting nearly enough. Starters, you know, DeGrom and Syndergaard. DeGrom certainly has done his part, but the bullpen keeps blowing it for him. Syndergaard, you know, finally his last outing went deep into a game. He hasn't been great, but he's been good. He's been, you know, you could expect that, and you expect he's going to get better. Outside of that, Harvey, Wheeler, Mats, all healthy, all still lacking in the performance department. But yet, here we are, final day of April, and the Mets are 17-9 and in first place. I think overall, it's a good sign. We'll do the Mets and some Yanks when we come back. Remember, Mets tickets to give away a pair next hour and then a pair in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll do Yankees at 635, but we'll take your calls on both the Mets and Yanks, whatever else it is that's on your mind. 800-321-0710. It's the Sports Zone. Salicata filling in for Pete McCarthy, the voice of New York, 710 WOR. Four in the WOR Sports Zone. And for Pete, here's Sal Licata. A couple of quick things before your calls. You know, last night, first of all, CC Sabathia is everything you want in a pitcher, right? You wish Matt Harvey would be like that, learn how to pitch instead of just being a thrower, and the guy's an ultimate competitor. He is the ultimate competitor, battles every time he's out there, takes pride in it, tries to get himself in deep, uh, as deep as he can into the ball game, and give his team a chance to win. And he's just, I mean, you can see it every pitch. He's a competitor. I love it from CC. Terrific last night. And that's the reason why the Yankees have been good. I believe ESPN showed the stat last night, 15-0 and when allowing four runs or less. You, you know what that means. I mean, their offense is going to score a ton of runs. Can the pitching do their part? And Sonny Gray is the worst pitcher that they have. He's on the mound tonight against Charlie Morton. See if they can keep that up, though. Uh, they were pretty good last time through the rotation. And again, the offense doing its part, helping them out uh, en route to nine straight victories for the Yanks. 
One other thing from last night's ballgame, if you watched, Angel Hernandez has to be the worst umpire in the history of the sport. And I say that because he actually made it, right? You would think other bad umpires didn't make it this far. How is Angel Hernandez still employed? I should not know any umpires' names. I am not scoring the games. It is not my job to mark down who's on first, who's umping third, or behind the plate. I don't care. So the only way I know about it is if the guy is a problem. And Angel Hernandez is constantly a problem. And I'm watching that game last night, and I see Araldis Chapman pitching to Chris Young, and he throws three straight balls, and the fourth pitch was down in the strike zone. Young took it, was about to take the walk, and yet it was called a strike. So naturally, Mike Socia is complaining, and Chris Young is looking perplexed. And then the broadcast starts to mention that it's Angel Hernandez. Uh, Well, here we go. Well, no surprise. Now, Young eventually does walk, and then Rene Rivera, the former Met, comes to the plate. Yankees down, uh, excuse me, Yankees up one, remember. Angels down one in the ninth. Rene Rivera swings at strike two, I believe, low and inside. Chris Young advances to second base, and the dope Angel Hernandez said that he fouled the ball off. The problem is, he didn't. Not even close. It's, of course it's not reviewable, but Angel Hernandez butched, butchered, botched two calls in the span of minutes in the bottom of the ninth inning in a one-run game. Rene Rivera swung a miss, strike two. Chris Young should have been standing on second base. That's a big difference, obviously, in a one-run ball game in the ninth inning. How is, and, and it's always something with Angel Hernandez. How does Major League Baseball allow this guy to keep a job? It's sickening. Rob is in Clifton. Rob starts us off on the voice of New York 710 WOO. What's up, Rob? Hey, Sean. Long time to speak. So, about the Mets, you know, I didn't like the way, I haven't liked the way they've been constructed for many years, but this was going to be a home run heavy, long ball heavy team. So, it's going to be Caesar Famine, as we've seen just in the last week, right? A lot of runs one game, no runs the next game. And I would say, as far as Conforto goes and some of the others, um, you know, the weather has been so bad, and they've had a lot of games in New York, and I know they're professionals and all that, but baseball just isn't a cold-weather sport. I've been out there on the field with the youth games, and these kids are freezing their butts off, so I think to some degree you give them a pass until it gets warm out, you know, the whole team. Well, wait but, a second, Rob. Conforto, last year, two years ago, raked in, in the month of April. Raked in April, and he didn't do anything else the rest of the way for the most part. This year, now I'm going to blame the cold. And meanwhile, they were playing. They played in Atlanta. They played in St. Louis, and they played in San Diego. Is it cold there? Well, I'm just saying, in general, all over the country, it's been pretty brutal for the first month. I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just saying they are a home run dependent type of team. They have low average hitters. And the other thing I'm really concerned about is between Frazier. And Cespedes, and also even um, uh, the right fielder. For Bruce, for a second. Bruce. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid that those guys might be beginning their decline. So even you might not even be able to rely on them for the numbers that they've had so far. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, Robin, thanks for the call as always. If that's the case, they have a big problem. I, I would not say that just yet Bruce is on the decline. I, Bruce starting to come out of it a little bit. Uh, Frazier's been pretty decent this year. He's been as good as I would think you could expect. I don't think he's necessarily on the decline. Decline from what? He had 220 last year. What's he going to decline? He's going to hit buck 50 this year? Uh, I tend to agree with the fact that these guys are aging players. I mean, they're not 
entering their prime by any stretch, but I do think they should be what they have been, at least for this season, probably next season as well. And Cespedes, look, Cespedes, for whatever reason, swinging and missing left and right, every game with the strikeouts. Ridiculous amount. Record pace. I mean, they strike out more than anybody in the bigs. When you're striking out more than Giancarlo Stanton, you're doing something wrong. But he has been clutch. And he does look healthy outside and down this thumb issue, which, by the way, Mike Puma of the Post, I guess, reached out to the Mets saying that the Mets will not be providing an update on Cespedes today. The explanation, and this is according to Mike Puma of the Post on his tweets, the explanation he received on not releasing the Cespedes info was that Sandy Alderson will address everything tomorrow during his normal press conference at the beginning of a homestand. Make of that what you will. I don't think that that's a good thing, though. Wouldn't you just release it? If I don't want to speculate one way or another. I have no clue. But wouldn't you think if it were no big deal, you just release a little statement, MRI clean, he'll be, you know, he'll miss five days or something like that. Why do you get away for Alderson tomorrow? So that reading that made me a little nervous. Buddy is in Port Jeff. What's up, bud? Hey, Sal. Of course, the Mets wouldn't be the Mets without having a big blow with the injuries. But one thing that I'm getting tired about is all these Mets fans giving Conforto a pass because of the cold. Do you not realize he went to Oregon in college? It's pretty cold there. Yeah, good point, but, too. Uh, yeah, but my my point was when I originally called was, wh- number one, where is Anthony Swarzak? We gave this guy all this money, and we never hear anything about him. Last I read was he was day-to-day in spring training. Yeah, no, he's hurt. He got hurt when he came up here. He's been down. What was it, a calf injury? He had some kind of calf injury. You know, Callaway talked with us Friday about needing to get him back. I don't know how close he is. Maybe Alderson will also address that. Uh, in tomorrow's, you know, home uh, homestand pre homestand press conference, uh, but I have not heard a late uh, the latest update on Swarzak. I'd still think he's a few weeks away. Now, I, again, I don't know, but the fact that you haven't heard anything about him getting closer, that would make me think he's still got a little bit ways to go. Gotcha. And one other thing, when I really feel if Brandon Nimmo continues to outperform Conforto, I don't care about Conforto's draft status that he was a top ten pick. You got to start playing Nimmo. He's an essential leadoff hitter that I really think that we need in this lineup. Because if you have Nimmo followed by Cespedes, and that it really extends the lineup, I feel. So if you got to stick Adrian Gonzalez in the dugout and give him that Matt Adams role that he that Adams holds in Washington, and stick Jay Bruce at first base, it doesn't just improve the defense. I think Nimmo's starting to prove that he could really get on base in the majors. Yeah, be careful. I'd be careful with that, buddy, and thank you for the call. I know people now, you know, look, everybody wants Brandon Nimmo in the lineup every single day, and I do like Brandon Nimmo. I do think he's excelled at his current role. I'm not certainly not looking to move Michael Conforto, although a day of rest, dropping him down in the order, that certainly is a good thing to do with the way that he's been struggling. Conforto's got a hit. He's the best hitter on the team. He's the only one that's going to hit for a high average and hit with power. He's got a hit. For this team to be successful, Michael Conforto has to hit. And to hit, you got to play. I'm not ready to force Nemo or Lagaris into an everyday role at the expense of certainly not Conforto, not Bruce, and probably not Adrian Gonzalez at the moment. You want to do that sporadically? That's a different story. But be careful with Nemo. And and it does not make them better defensively. Nemo is a lousy defensive player. Jay Bruce at first base would be a major drop-off from Adrian Gonzalez, who's been terrific at first base. And they could use some good defense. So just be careful before we all of a sudden go all in 
on, you know, saying, well, Nimmo's got to play. He's got to play every day. You see the walks? See the way he runs to first base after a walk? Look, he's a nice player. I like Nimmo. Talked to him before the season. We had him on. Won me over. Great kid. Great attitude. Anything to do to help the team. We don't know if he's an everyday player yet. You do know that Jay Bruce and, I mean, Michael Conforto to a certain extent are everyday players. Gonzalez would be the argument, and I'm not ready to pull that uh, pull the cord on the Adrian Gonzalez experiment at first. He's been a good leader. He's been a solid veteran at first base. Excellent defense, and I feel like he's giving you quality at bats. Forget about just the production yesterday, or you know, beginning of the season, and then yesterday he's had hit a little bit of a slump. I get that. Just the way that he approaches an at bat is also something that the Mets lack. They give you a quality at bat in a big spot. Maybe trust him to get a base hit opposite field. That's something that I don't trust Jay Bruce to do. And I think we're far from trusting Nimmo to do that. 800 More of your calls when we come back. Salicata in the Sports Zone. The Voice of New York, 710. Filling in for Pete McCarthy in the Sports Zone. Voice of New York, 710. WOR. This is the WOR Sports Zone. Filling in for Pete McCarthy, here's Sal Licata. 800-321-0710. Baseball dominating the talk of the day. Final month, excuse me, final day of the first month of the year here, April. Yankees have won nine straight ball games, 18 and nine. So they got one more to play here in this first month of the season. Taking on the Astros in Houston tonight. To get more on that, we welcome in the New York Daily News, Mike Mazio, who covers the Yanks for the news. A, Mike, a big matchup here, four game set. Yanks red hot rematch of the ALCS. What's the mood down there in Houston? I mean, this is a team that, you know, feels very confident about itself salary right now with the way they're playing nine in a row. Um, just swept the Angels. You know, they've been pretty much hitting on all cylinders, whether it's, you know, pitching really well. But certainly the starting rotation still could be a question mark going forward. But, you know, Severino's been really good. Sabathia's been really good. Tanaka just came off probably his best start of the year of the weekend. So, again, firing on all cylinders and obviously the offense, which we thought could be record-breaking, um, averaging six runs a game, may flirt with a 1,000 runs, you know, by the time the season's over, just – so many guys up and down this lineup with the addition of the kids at the bottom that, you know, can wear pitchers down and obviously do damage um, in, in the form of long home runs. So, yeah, you know, just a really complete team. The errors need to, you know, they got to cut that down. There's been a little much, too much of that. They lead the league in errors, but otherwise, you know, they've been pretty good so far. Yeah, they've been lousy defensively, but the offense certainly making up for it. And you touched on the most important thing, Mike, and that's the starting rotation doing their job, at least the last time through the rotation outside of Sonny Gray, who's on the mound tonight. We'll get to him in a minute. How long, though, do you think that these guys can keep it up? I, I would assume we trust Severino at this point. Tanaka, who knows? Sabathia have been terrific. Montgomery, again, had a nice time out last time. Can this rotation as currently constructed, keep this going long term. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to believe that's just the case because I think when you went into this season, you're like, well, Severino's the number one, and he's pitched like it so far. Besides the blip in Boston, but obviously, you know, Tanaka, you still kind of never know what you're going to get. You know, when the slider and the splitter are working, he's as good as anybody. But you know, he's been inconsistent. Gray has been a huge disappointment for for a guy they sacrificed three pretty good prospects for at the deadline. And, uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery's a solid back end of the rotation starter, and he's been pretty good. But, you know, I, you know, I don't know if you can trust him at this point just because he's really young. Um, and then CeCe's been a revelation. I mean, he's, he's continued to do what he did last year. His, his ERA is under two, and he's, he's been incredible. He went a season I-7 innings, the cutter. You know, the, the, the arsenal he has to just learn how to repitch again. I mean, it's incredible. So, But, again, I think they do need a difference maker at some point. They, they have the – you know, the prospect capital to do that. And then that's kind of up to Brian Cashman toward the trade deadline because 
you look at Houston's rotation and they're just throwing ace after ace after ace at you. And their, you know, their lineup is fantastic. Their defense is fantastic. They're just so complete. You know, the Yankees are eventually going to have to get, I think, another impact starter. But certainly it's, it is, you know, early April or whatever, late, late April, early May. So plenty of time to get that guy. Yeah, plenty of time to get that guy. Although some may say they missed that guy in Garrett Cole and they'll miss him once again as he's not going to pitch in this four game series. Cole has been nothing but, I mean, perfect really with the Astros. He's been as good as advertised, way better. And maybe Cashman feeling like that's one that got away, but he did go with Sonny Gray. As you mentioned it, Sonny Gray has been terrible this year. Uh, I don't know. I mean, do you talk to him, Mike, after when you get the, you're in that clubhouse after, you get the feel that maybe he's, uh, he's not a good match for this town, for New York City? Certainly possible. I mean, at times, look, Gray definitely looks like a deer in the headlights. I think people kind of said that going in, like in pack interviews, you know, it's, it's not comfortable for him. Some guys are just really good at it. He's not. Um, his stuff is really good, you know, but sometimes he overthinks. You know, people say nibbles out there. Even Aaron Boone has used that term. People are joking that was his nickname. And, and hmm. here's the manager, you know, kind of saying, hey, this guy nibbles, overthinks a lot. You know, he thought he made an adjustment his last start with his windup. Certainly didn't work. Um, he's been paired with Austin Romine. I think the Yankees will stick that way. Obviously, they keep wanting to say it's not a thing, but I think this is the third straight start the Yankees are going with that battery. So if they're going to get anything out of this guy, I think he just feels more comfortable with Romine back there than Sanchez. And I think it kind of works because you give Sanchez a day, and if you do it consistently, then he knows what day he's going to either get the day off or DH. So I think they kind of have to figure out how to get the most out of this guy because he's pitching, you know, he's going to make 30 starts, presumably. You know, it's not like they have depth. They don't have that top prospect necessarily coming up through the minors that's going to be here in a week or two. So this guy's got to figure it out. They have to get him right. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question. I'm talking to Mike Mazio, Daily News. How long can they go? I mean, Sonny Gray can't be going out there every fifth day, Mike, pitching three-plus innings, four and a third, whatever it may be. He's got, I mean, he's got to give him something, either some kind of length or good performances. He's given neither. Yankees, I can't imagine, regardless of what his contract situation is, regardless of what they gave up to get him, can't imagine they're going to run him out there every fifth day if you're trying to win a division here and catch the Red Sox? Well, the question is, who's your, who's your alternative? Yeah, I don't know. I was, I, was hoping, I was hoping you had an answer, Mike. <laughs> I, I don't see it right now. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I mean, it's like, is it Domingo Herman? Is it Sessa who's hurt? No. You know, is it E.J. Cole who they just got who's, you know, been a journeyman guy they're trying to, you know, get back from being lousy in Washington? Um, you know, is it any of these prospects? You know, Chance Adams hasn't looked great. He's been kind of inconsistent in AAA. Justice Sheffield has been good in AA. Um, but he still has a ways to go. So it's like, where is that next guy coming from? It's got to be they have to figure it out internally, at least until they can get, you know, a starter. But, again, they've won nine in a row, and they're, they're, start, they're rolling right now. So it's not like this is a huge make-or-break concern for them at this point. Right, not at this point, certainly. I mean, down the road, yes, you want to get that cleaned up. But right now, it's not a big problem. Talking Mike Mazio, New York Daily News, down in Houston, covering the Yanks and the Astros. They get set for a four-game series uh, rematch of the ALCS from last year. Mike, how about the guys that were there a year ago? A lot of those young guys in that clubhouse, obviously a very similar team. I know it's a new manager, and there have been some changes. But any of those guys here looking for some kind of retribution against this Astro team or looking to at least prove themselves? see where they're at early in the season going up against the best? Yeah, I think I think certainly they, they want to, you know, I guess, you know, Brett Gardner called it kind of like an early measuring stick. Um, and then a lot of these young guys, um, you know, Judge, Sanchez, Bird, I guess who's hurt, you know, did strike out a lot against this premium pitching that Houston has. So I think you want to see it, you know, because, again, this could be a team you see down the line. But it is really early. So it's kind of like a weird vibe because – what do we have, like, uh, it's game 28 or something like that? So we still have 134 games after this. And then 
you know, 130 after the season or whatever it is, so after the series. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a good measuring stick early, but then, you know, then you have Cleveland, then you have Boston. This stretch, I mean, they get through this stretch okay with all these teams that are struggling behind them. I mean, they could, they could conceivably go on a run. They're that, they're that good. They're going to score runs. And on days where their pitching is not good, they're capable of scoring, you know, putting up crooked numbers in, in double digits. So, you know, they're in, they're in a good place right now for all the concerns they have. They do have valid concerns with Gray, with, you know, some bullpen guys with Kansas. But, you know, I mean, they are in really good shape right now. A couple more before you go, Mike. Is Judge in the lineup tonight or is he getting rest? Judge is getting rest in his first day off. Um, you know, I, he did, you know, have the 10 strikeouts in the series. And, uh, you know, they, uh, it's, again, it's, it's a long year. You know, he's going to rest a handful of games. And they have the depth now where they can do it. You know, I mean, they could have Judge or Stanton conceivably go down. They're playing without Bird, and they haven't missed them. You haven't even noticed it, really, um, a little bit. But, like, one through nine, it's just with Andahar and Torres hitting, it's like there's really no easy outs in their lineup. I mean, he's been as bad as Neil Walker has been. He's got a track record where he's a nine-year pro that has an OPS of like 800 for his career, and he might be the weak link in your lineup. So I mean, they're just—they're really loaded. They're really built for slumps. They're built for injuries. They just—there's so much firepower in that lineup. You—you you mentioned Andujar and Torres, so let's end there, Mike. I mean, are these guys going to have to get into a slump before they get taken out of the lineup? I know Jury's going to keep uh, continuing his work in AAA before they decide to bring up, him up here. But what's it going to take for the Yanks to uh, get you know Andujar or Torres out of the lineup? Or you think they're just going to be here for the rest of the year now, barring an injury? I think Torres is going to be here every day. I think they didn't bring him up to you know to sit him. He's going to play every day. Um, he's their top guy. They they love him, and he's played super well. And obviously, they haven't lost since he's been called up. Whether there's a correlation there, who knows? I mean, the team is really good, but I think he has provided a spark for them. And then, uh, you know, as long as Anderhar hits, I mean, it's going to be really hard to take him out. Jury's not going to be back for the Houston series at the very least. He's still going to continue to um, progress in AAA. So they, you know, Anderhar's going to at least have four more games here to to prove himself. And I mean, he does have options, and they're going to have a decision to make. You know, whether they want to send out a pitcher and make a tough call and like somebody like Walker who they've invested money in. Um, if they decide to get rid of him, they love the 13 pitcher idea. So that I don't know if they'll, if they'll want to get rid of a pitcher here um, in the short term to, to, you know, have that. And then Andhar needs to get regular at bats too. I mean, whether he's their future third baseman, again, I've said he should play no question. I mean, he's hit. Um, he's also could be their best trade ship going forward, which is weird to say. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, Clint Frazier's coming off the concussion, right? I mean, who knows, you know, what he's going to be. They're, he's kind of blocked right now, but they're going to eventually want to acquire that impact starter. And it's like, who are these other teams going to want? Whether When it was Garrett Cole, Zandahar, when it's, you know, whether it's uh, just throwing names like Fulmer, Paxton, you know, this kid from the A's that's been phenomenal, um, this lefty, like who are teams going to ask for it? It could be Andahar. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic. It seems like a pretty good problem to have too. I mean, somebody's going to be upset, whether it's Jury, who they really – think highly of and who plays, you know, good defense and was even, he was even hitting a ton of doubles in Arizona. Then you have, you know, Andahar, who's, I think he's leading the league in doubles and just making such a huge impact and his defense has been a lot better. Still kind of inconsistent, but he's pretty much making all the plays, all the tough plays right now. So it's a good problem to have they have here. Yeah, really. I mean, poor Yankees. Uh, they have so, so many issues. I mean, Sonny Gray, right. maybe a bit Betances, outside of that, everything. Right. Injuries doesn't matter. Nothing can stop this, uh, this Bombers team. Nine straight victories. Tonight, they take on the world champion Houston Astros. Four games, first of a four game series. Sonny Gray, Charlie Morton, Mike Mazio, New York Daily News. Thanks, Mike, for a couple minutes. We'll get, we'll talk to you soon.
You got to sell anytime. Take care. All right. And, you know, look, it's interesting. Yanks going to try to measure themselves early on this season against those Houston Astros off of last year's ALCS. Dramatic Game 7 ALCS. Astros going on to win the World Series. It's going to be a fun matchup. And as Mike mentioned, I mean, they got the, I almost said the Cavs. They got the Indians coming up. They got the Red Sox coming up. Uh, what's going to happen with Drury? How long can you go with Sonny Gray? Do they trust Batances? There's certainly some questions, but for the most part, Yankees are so good, so deep that they should be able to overcome any of those issues. You know, that lineup is is the big deal. But if they can't pitch, that's a problem not only in the short term, that's a problem, you know, you talk about getting into the postseason, they're going to have to match. That's why I like tonight's matchup or tonight's series, tonight's, you know, first of four-game series. I want to see this Yankee lineup. I know no Aaron Judge, as Mike just told you, he's getting some rest after struggling a little bit. I want to see this Yankee lineup hit good pitching. It's not the Twins. It's not the Angels who people love, but the Angels stink. Okay, I don't care what their record says. I don't care about Mike Trout. The Angels are not a good baseball team. I'll stand by that. Need to see a lot more before before I start buying into the Angels. And we know about the Twins. I don't even buy in the Blue Jays for that matter. But if the Yankees go out there and crush the Astros pitching staff, I think that's a good sign moving forward. If they go crush Boston, Cleveland. Those are all good signs. They're going to have to hit good pitching. That's where this team is at. It's World Series or bust. And in the postseason, you're going to have to hit the best pitchers. We know their lineup can hit and get fat off of bad or average pitching. Can they hit the good pitchers? I'm not saying that they can't. I'm just saying that we need that would be the one measuring stick that you could find out about this team throughout the regular season. You'll probably see that against this Astros team in these four games. 800-321-0710. 800-321-0710. Back to your calls. Mets, Yanks, whatever it is that's on your mind. We'll do more Mets at 720 with Wayne Randazzo. Also, two pairs of Mets tickets to give away. One in the 7 o'clock hour, one in the 8 o'clock clock hour basketball on the way as well a lot to do it's the sports zone salicata in for pete mccarthy the voice of new york 710 wor or now you're in the wor sports zone filling in for pete here's sal licata well some bad injury news in the national league in the National League West, to be specific, Corey Seager for the Dodgers, done for 2018. He will undergo Tommy John surgery. So Travis Darno uh, had the same fate uh, this season. Corey Seager, a much more valuable player, certainly to the Los Angeles Dodgers, done. He had two terrific seasons for L.A., big part of their team. Dodgers struggling to start this year. This is not going to help, losing Seager. For the season, Tommy John surgery. That's a you know that's big news right there. That's not good uh, for anybody. Bad for the game in general. I mean, yeah, it's Corey Seager, one of the game's uh, young stars. Hate to see that happen. Tommy John surgery. He is done for the year. Let's just hope the Mets don't have any bad news tomorrow when uh, Alderson addresses the media. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Chris is in Bud Lake. What's up, Chris? Hey, Sal. Hey, hey, one, I agree with you on Angel Hernandez. I don't even think he should be a little league. Oh, my player. goodness. He's uh, the worst. He is the worst. He's the worst for years. But that's not why I called. So, Sal, Tampa Bay, um, this year they went with the four-man rotation and used their bullpen as their fifth starter. So, if you hear me out for one second. That's what I they're doing that, right now? I did not even yeah, know that, Chris. Tampa Bay Rays are doing that. Their fifth starter is bullpen by committee? bullpen. Oh, right. So, okay. this is what I think the Mets should do. If you look at Mats and Wheeler and you make them one pitcher, because neither one of them are five-inning. I mean, Wheeler's more of a five-inning pitcher. Matt seems to struggle a second time through the lineup. So if you use both of them as four-inning pitchers, and I know it sounds crazy, but baseball is changing. 
So if you go match four innings, wheel four innings, is your third starter or fourth starter, wherever they want to fall in the lineup. One, now match only has to go through the lineup twice. Wheel only has to go through the lineup twice. It saves their innings. It saves their arms. It saves the Mets' bullpen. And, and plus, it'll make it more difficult for the other manager to actually make a lineup, knowing he's going to face a lefty and have the four innings they're bringing in a righty. Well, why, I mean, Chris, it's, it's actually not a bad idea. First of all, the Mets are trying to get these guys to go deeper in games, but they essentially are becoming bullpen by committee, going four innings, three innings, five innings. Why, though, wouldn't you use Harvey as the other one? Why both well, Mats and Wheeler? Well, it, it could be Harvey. I mean, my thought was Harvey seems to get hit. So, my, you know, if you, look at, if you really look at the way Mats goes, he gets through the first inning, he struggles in the second. He, you know, same thing with Wheeler. They're both high-pitch pitchers. My thought with Harvey is he's basically done. I mean, I don't, yeah. you know, after, you know, I mean, so that's why I'm looking at it as, all right, your number three starter now is Mats Wheeler, your four is Vargas, and five, I guess you could bring Lugo out of the bullpen. Plus, it's really going to save your bullpen because all those two guys have to do is throw four innings, and it'll get them deeper into the season. And if Tampa Bay's trying it, and if you really look at the way baseball's changing, I mean, what, what's the difference? I mean, if you look at it statistically, I, I bet you it would work, or at least give it a shot. Well, I mean, I don't. I would not be opposed to it, Chris. I don't think it's, and thanks for the call, I don't think it's as outlandish as maybe I would have thought a year ago or two years ago. I think that with the Mets the way that they're stacked right now, I would not do that with Mats. I still believe Mats has something in there that can be found. I think Mats can become an effective starter. I don't think Wheeler is any better than a five, six inning pitcher at best. So maybe Wheeler Harvey would be your combo. Now I know your part of your argument was lefty righty. I mean look, maybe Mats is just a four or five inning pitcher. I, I don't know the answer to that, but I'd be willing to stick it out a little bit longer. I don't think your idea though of having whether it's Wheeler or Matt's tag team with Harvey to become essentially one spot. Okay, well, Wheeler goes four innings, five innings, whatever it may be. Matt's on to go. Matt Harvey, I should say, not to be confused with Matt's. Matt Harvey tries to close it out. But then you're in a spot where if it's a tight game, do you trust Matt Harvey, as you mentioned? I think it has to be left up for, you know, by situation. Each game is a different thing. We'll get more into that on the other side. We'll talk more Mets with Wayne Randazzo at 720. Your calls, though, until then, Mets tickets to give away next hour. Right now, the news. Here's Jeff McKinney.